Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of the 4Jack Podcast. On today's show we sat down with the Alberta Territory Manager for Mizuno Golf and friend of the show, Mr. James Charpentier. We went deep into the world of club fitting and honestly just nerded out about everything club related as well as, well, golf. This is a great chat that felt way more like a hang, so we hope you all enjoy the show as much as we did. So let's get right into it. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 4Jack podcast brought to you by our friends over at Jackson Labs. Another big day, another big guest as always. But uh, before I even get into that, before I even say hello to the fellows, I'm just excited to say that we have, well, I mean, we're still Canadian, we're still Albertan. Fuck man, we got hockey back tonight. Like at least something. I don't care if it's exhibition. Yeah, like come on, man. Like this is so nice. Like I was jacked up all day. Just waiting for it. Now I just want to get into these, like, well, whatever series they have at the beginning. And, like, just get me into the playoffs. Like, Who I are love the boys playing tonight. Calgary. All right. So Start nice little, little battle start of Alberta. Game. Yeah. And, like, I just love this schedule coming up here. It's honestly, it's going to be like watching the Olympics or like World Juniors, like, just game after game after game. My next couple months set. Yeah. You need Perfect. to be working from home. Just watching. <laughs> I, I might just have to quit my job. Like, Move that's to BC. it. Work with Parksy, watch a ton of hockey and golf. I like this. I think I've become 400 pounds if I just sat at home and watched golf and hockey Monday through Sunday afternoon. So Parksy will slap your hand each time you reach for the snack job. (laughs) Have you seen, I got to say, I got to jump in on this too because hockey's back on. Super stoked for the game tonight, Battle of Alberta. I've been watching a little bit of the Toronto-Montreal game and I got to say that Elliot from Hockey Night in Canada, his beard is ridiculous right now you gotta see this because the guy has a baby face right he looks like santa claus it's nuts COVID is like taken to him it's insane absolutely love it well the voices you have heard there uh first off as as always to the left just fill the position tombo it's cracking not too much bud excited to be here with a great guest right one of the I think he's going to have history at the Go Track Social events. Is like <laughs> already has, the, yeah, like setting history with the first hole in one at a, the Royale Broadmoor <laughs> on such a nice little hole. It's nice to see a guy like that do something that big for the Go Track and himself. Excited to get into it with him. From one goat to another, we'll get to the third goat in a sec. But from one to the next, Barksy, what's up? Hey boys, yeah, this is going to be a fun one tonight. Uh, James and I have a little bit of history. We go way back to the, uh, to the junior golf days at Victoria Driving Range, so it's fun to dive into. Uh, well, jump into a little flashback from the past here. It's going to be interesting to uh, to talk about Mizuno and get a little insight into what they have coming up. I heard some uh, some spy stories, and there's some spy photos out there available for the public. So they'll give us a little insider trading info on that stuff. It's going to be fun. Ooh. I love it. And speaking of said guest, today we, on the show we have Territory Manager for Mizuno Canada, Mr. James Charpentier. What's happening, dude? Boys, thanks for having me on. This is big. I'm excited. It's our pleasure, bud. 
I think the most important thing is we got your last name correct. Oh, I need to know how many someone. times people call you. <laughs> I want to hear. I want to hear the worst C, one. Right? Just well, leave it at that. You know what, man? Like, I think if people could say carpenter, like I'll take that. <laughs> and honestly, that's part of the whole Sharpie nickname. It was just easier. Just call me Sharps. Whatever. I'm good yeah. with it. Let's move on. I feel yeah. I think we. I think we've got to like at some point in life we're gonna make a pencil brand for carpenters that's kind of sharpie charpie right the carpenters yeah, um, pencil yeah just give me ten just give me ten percent of the royalties and uh, yeah. you're willing to sign anything to build that okay I like oh, that yeah just building the brand man just building the brand just trying to build you what you deserve my friend <laughs> so James before we dive into too much about your you know past and golf and everything like just. Why don't you tell the listeners, like, what's going on in your world right now? Like, how's your summer been so far with everything that's been going on? How has it been working with Mizuno this year? Yeah, it's, it's been interesting for sure. This will be, this has been my third summer with the company now, and it's been certainly different. Like, right now, I have the entire province to handle, so there's a lot of up and down, like Calgary trips, Lethbridge trips, um, and so there's a lot of travel between you know April and, and mid June, and so it's been it's been a weird one not having a lot of that. And mm-hmm. we've had some protocols. We're trying to have you know full booked up events for us to make trips, and, and we're lucky to have a, a very complete fitting card where some of our awesome retailers they know how to use our product. We spend all winter training them how to use it, that they can do a lot of those fittings themselves. So I can send customers back to different places, and and they get looked after really well. So let's dive into that for a minute yeah. here uh, the fitting system i know is quite unique with mizuno maybe you can talk uh, about what it is that makes that so cool that allows you to do this effectively throughout covid yeah it's uh we're certainly lucky to have it we have a i mean i'll press it multiple times i we have a great team of guys that that work in r&d for us that that give us products that make my job very easy and whether that's you know um, club head design but, but mostly the shaft optimizer, it's, there was a new one that came out last year. It's, it's like, it's called the 3D shaft optimizer. So what it used to do was you'd make three golf swings with it. It would spit out a handful of numbers and we'd plug that into an app and there'd be algorithms within the app. It would tell us based on those three swings, based on your tempo, how you load the golf club, the speed you do it at, these are the shafts you should start with. So you'll have guys that might have, you know, played stiff their entire life and they might get recommendations for regular and stiff. And they've always played 130 gram shafts and now it's recommending 105 because their tempo is fairly smooth. So you have some guys that get some big surprises. And, and I certainly do see some guys that get uh, stuck with their ego. ego on, I don't play reg, man. I swing it hard. Come on. But there's more to it than labels. There's, you know, we talk about EI curves all the time. And so with some guys that played diamond gold stiff, 130 grams their entire life. Well, now it's time for 105 grams in maybe it's an x now maybe you play extra stiff but it's a lighter weight shaft so it's uh informing the public man it's it's, it's psa is every fitting event interesting you say that i'm in the middle of one of these transitions myself actually Mm. switching off uh (laughs) switching story yeah switching from crazy steel shafts to now a graphite which is is kind of an adjustment so it's cool to hear you saying this about what's going on keep going yeah 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 it's uh like i said it's i've learned so much about about golf equipment that way and and where i started in kind of the we'll say the fitting world or in the we'll say demo day world was working for TaylorMade, and it was a company that had we'll say 80 driver shafts and a handful of iron shafts 
and it's kind of swapped now where I'm carrying around, you know, 35, 40 iron shafts to a fitting event. And there's, there's obviously less driver shafts for us, but like I've, I'm from each job, I've learned so much about fitting, you know, woods now fitting irons and wedges. And I've, I've learned a lot that way. And I'm lucky that I've learned all that. And uh, yeah, just, just lucky to be the position I'm in right now, I think. How involved is the fitting process with flight scope and track man and stuff like that? Like, are you guys utilizing launch monitor technology yeah. for those fittings? Yeah. Good question. It's, it's the last step for us, at least personally, when I do fittings, it's usually the last step for me. So like I said, with the shaft optimizer, you get warm, you make three golf swings. It gives me information. It tells me these are the, you know, here's the top 15 shafts in order. So we start with top four or five. We're going to make, three or four swings with each one of those shafts. I want feedback on how it feels. Can you load it? Does it feel good? Does it feel harsh? What do you think? Um, and then from there, I want to narrow it down to two or three of those. And then finally you put them on a launch monitor and you compare numbers at that point and see what the winner is. But I think gone are the days of, you know, walk into a retailer and say, Hey, I want something that's low launching. And you say, here's, here's a shaft. This is the low launching. <laughs> here's a six here's degree extra stiff. Good luck. Yeah, right. It was that was how it was though, man. That was the only way to bring ball flight down. And nowadays, obviously, head geometry has changed that we can bring spin down and up based on a head. But there's shafts that we can give you the low launch you want, but we can give you a, a profile that you can load and you can feel, which is it's come a long way for sure. And that's even me, who who's relatively new. I mean, I'm I'm into club fitting. I think I'm in my eighth or ninth year now, and I'm relatively new compared to everyone else. But in the last four or five years, things have come a long way. And mm-hmm. in- like you said, they're eighth or ninth year, but that's still enough time, really, when you consider how technology has advanced in golf in the last even five years, really. How much have you noticed the customer's perspective when they get a fitting and it's not so much just put the lie tape on and put you know your face tape on and get that number where you can get that, like you said, hey, you know what? it's not a stiff anymore. It's a Reggie. Like how, how reluctant are some customers to sit there and go, no, I, I don't think that's what I play. And it's like, well, but here are actually the numbers. Like when you show people exactly what they need, is it not like mind blowing for them? Like, the especially the older guys. Like, I consider myself yeah. one of those guys, like for sure. Like here's yeah. the machine learning, right? It, that's what you're essentially doing is extrapolating all that crazy data points to be like, here's recommendations based on this, which is yeah, the data doesn't lie, right? That's, Hey, this isn't an ego thing. This is just data. You want to play better, listen to it. Right. I feel like that's something you go through a bit. I think big, Man, I, hate to, I hate to date myself here, but like, I remember back in the days and I get bagged on for being an old guy all the time, but like, you had impact tape, you had a lie board, and you were just going by sight. Yeah, that looks yeah. good. Look at look for the mark. Yeah, let's move it over just a bit. Yeah, you're two up. Let's go. That yeah, was yeah. it. Touche. Yeah, it was simple, but I think, it, I mean, it's, it's still current now where guys are looking for a certain ball flight, right? Yeah. Guys want to see it in that certain window, and you know, we always hear Tiger talk about this is the window I want it in. Like, find a way to make that happen. It's People want to see it in a certain spot, but if we can give them more forgiveness, we can give them a shaft that feels better, that they're not laboring after, you know, 14 holes in the heat. That's all part of the fitting process, yeah. right? So, um, like I said, it's eye-opening for me, but I always try and I always tell customers, okay, it's once you're warmed up, it's the blind test, it's the Pepsi challenge. Here you go. Here's a shaft. I'm not saying a word about it. Hit it. Okay. After the second shaft, compare the two. Which one was lighter? Which one was heavier? Was one? What did you think? 
And I want to hear feedback on those because feel for me is such a big one because by using the shaft optimizer, we've already narrowed down the profile of shaft we want. So really what I have all the time with, with decent players that, that swing it reasonably hard is, well, here's, you know, C taper and here's project X. Those shafts are so close in profile that I want to hear what feels better to you because that's the important thing. Cause honestly, the numbers are typically very, very close. Mm-hmm. So feel feels number one, and then we'll fit you for numbers after we narrow it down to the feeling you like. Um, but again, people are reluctant when they hear, they hear the label or they hear what they're swinging. And sometimes they'll say, I don't like it. Or like if they're going from 130 grams to 105 grams, like as a fitter, that almost scares me. Cause it's such a big jump for a player that sometimes I find a middle ground. It depends on the person, but Again, at the end of the day, the customer is always right. If they say this feels way too light, I'm scared of this. I don't want to push in that direction. At the end of the day, if they don't like the idea of it, and if they're spending good money to buy something, I want them to be happy with the experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be quite difficult though, like like you said, with those reluctant customers because probably 95% of your customers do not really have a repeatable swing. So like you can easily say like, like I was going to allude to earlier, Hove said it best, man. Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But if you can't get those consistent numbers, are you lying to yourself or are you lying to the customer? Like Because like they almost don't want to see those numbers at times because like you said, it doesn't feel as good to them. But it's like, yeah. hey man, th- this is actually like the most optimal thing for you. How do you yeah. push past that at times when customers are like, no, I like this feel? Well, I, I want to appeal to that part of it. And again, feels number one for me, but I think things have changed. Again, I think we're far enough along that if you've bought a set of golf clubs in the last four or five years, you've kind of done yourself a disservice if you didn't get fit for it. But technology, it's moved quickly, but out of the center of the golf club on whether it's a wood, it's an iron, out of the center, things are always pretty good. If you were fit for your set of irons, you know, three or four years ago, and again, this is what, as a sales guy, you don't want to say this, but if you were fit properly two or three years ago, out of the center of the golf club, I don't think you're going to see massive jumps. And I'm talking across all brands. I don't, I don't think that's reasonable to assume, but what has changed across the board is when you miss it, you're getting more out of your misses every year. And that's going back to your point about not repeatable golf swings. We're trying to fit a guy for something or a a girl, we're trying to fit someone for something that when you miss it, we want that miss to be in the same spot every time. So if we can have you missing on one side, you can play with that. If you have a two-way miss going, golf gets really hard. So Scary is what it becomes. I have an interest. Uh, well, I don't know if it's interesting yet. We'll find out. Um, did I just forget what I was going to ask? She go. She go. <laughs> That's Sorry, a two-way Sharpie. miss, folks. That was a Great segue. Great segue. Great segue. You did that on purpose, didn't you? I thought, yeah, well, let's go with that. Cheeky. It happened. Sorry, Sharpie. That's too funny. James, what are you playing right now? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? I've, I mean, I'm always tinkering, always testing, but it's uh, the same set of, uh, well, the new ST200 woods are in the bag. And then uh, I've got an HMB2 iron with uh, with a graphite recoil shaft in it. Hey. Really enjoying that. Yeah. And then I've got uh, an old set of MP18 fly highs, like still nice. the drive type uh, yeah. in the four and five. And then I've got uh, 919 tours, the same thing that Bruce Kepka is playing. Um, and it's not getting paid to play, by the way. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that. And we're, really? we're in that way, but 
Yeah, I like that address that he's not even being paid is almost a better thing. I didn't know he was playing Mizuno. That's nice. I thought he was playing Titleist. Let's take a jump back in time because the question just finally came to me. And yeah, I guess it's when people are making swing changes, how does that affect how they were fit for clubs? So if I'm like, I'm going out there, this is what I'm doing right now. And then a year and a half later, I do an overhaul of my swing or like I start changing, tinkering, doing things like should I potentially go back to the doctor and get another fitting? Yeah. You know what? I think it's, it's hard as, as again, as a fitter, but that's one of the questions you have to ask. If someone says they're going through a swing change, I want to know what point they're at, what their miss used to be, what it is now. And honestly, I would much rather tell them let's talk later. And again, like I hate telling people let's, you know, let's wait. But if someone wants to do it right, I would love to make sure that they've gotten through that swing change and they're comfortable with it because nothing's worse than starting a fitting with the new swing and they're not hitting it well. So they go back to the old swing and it's, what are you fitting at that point? Yeah. It's like, they don't know what feels good almost. Right. So you have to be comfortable with what you're doing. And part of what I say with fittings too, is I don't want people to change what they're doing when they're swinging it. Don't compensate for what I'm giving you. Just swing it the same way you always do. And I'll fit you for what you need. Mm. Right. That's always hard for people to do. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving it up to the right. Okay. Well, I haven't given you, you know, a more upright head or I haven't done what I was, I'm trying to get to yet. Hang in there. We'll get there. Right. So yeah. I like that approach. I like the uh, Pepsi taste challenge, you know, the blind, <laughs> the blind test. I mean, obviously that that's obvious, a great recipe for success with fittings, right? I mean, you don't want to talk people into doing something because then all of a sudden they're going to manipulate the, the session to favor whatever they want the outcome to be. So I like that no, sales no, there, approach. There's, there's certainly biases all the time, which is, oh, which of is course. we all have it, but it, I always do love when you fit a guy for a shaft that is vastly different than that dynamic gold he's been playing his entire life. And you can go back and say, okay, we fit you for this shaft. Now hit three or four shots with the new one. And now here's the old shaft you play in the same head. What do you think? And they're like, wow, that's Whoa, like, that's different. That's so different. It's like, well, that's what you're playing right now, right? And Ball goes in the air. Wow. He's in your four irons useless in your set right now. Yeah. Maybe we can give you a different head or a different shaft that makes that work. And you can carry a four iron. Man, right? so, yeah. I think I like we that. need to get our man see pays with you through a fitting and see what gets his launch numbers in the optimal space because... I'd love to see it. I think that's like it'd be shock. I haven't had a fitting probably since 2010. Was it with Jim? <laughs> Jim or Colin? James, what are you using yeah. for a launch monitor right now? Do you use FlightScope or TrackMan or what's we're on, your? We're on the FlightScope program right now. The X3. Shout out. X. It's the XI Tour, so we haven't gotten to the new okay. stuff yet. That's okay. a work in progress. I know that part of what we do is we invest so much money in our fitting systems that I mean I have gone head to head with uh, with FlightScope versus. Trackman track has super similar numbers across the yeah. board. It's not vastly different, but you know, it's Trackman is is so hyped up right now, and everyone's that's that's the uh, the gold standard for launch monitors. So lots of good stuff out there, though, for sure. Awesome. You like yeah. working with the flight scope, though? Did you? But I like I understand you have your fitting system. That's kind of like yeah. the flight scope at the end is just kind of like I think we've got you with the right shaft with the right head. Let's yeah. just validate that with some numbers. Exactly. No, exactly. It's really just the, the last step for us. And I mean, I know some guys lean on it harder than others, depending on who you talk to or the fitter you talk to. But uh, what we have, I think, is such a, a good balance, I think, of, of fitting based on feel. And going back to what Parksy said about, you know, the old school, get out there, look at a ball flight. What do you feel? What do you think? It's a little bit of that. And it's funny, we validate that in the last step to make sure that it's, it's proper. And I always do love going back to their old seven iron versus the one I fit them for. And I can show you on the launch monitor, you're launching this new one two degrees higher and you're spinning it this much less or whatever it may be. 
it's always good to have that baseline to go back to and say, this is what we're looking at and this is what we're going to gain. Right. So talk us through a little bit about what spin and launch angle can do for a golfer better or worse. Give us a little insight into the science behind it. Yeah. I mean, so across the board, I think what we're really trying to do, and it, it depends on the person, but we're trying to keep proper gapping throughout a set. So, you know, 10, 12 yards per club in an iron set. And that goes, that flows into wedges really easily as well. So we're always trying to keep gapping throughout. And one of the, the great things our software does, our PFS software is it tells us unbiasedly after the shaft section and after the um, length and lie section, it tells you um, set makeup. So a really good example I always love using with people is you'll have Mr. Smith at the country club that says, you know, I play blades. I've always have it. I can't look at anything else. I need this. Mm-hmm. I can yeah, understand them. You got parts. Yeah, you yeah, got I appreciate and you go machismo. and you put on the optimizer and, and you go through it. And it tells us in the software, not from a, a ball striking capability standpoint, he could be, he could stripe his four iron, right? doesn't mean that he's getting the proper gapping throughout the set. And it tells us, okay, based on these numbers, he should stop his set at a five iron or a six iron. And maybe that means comboing that set of blades with HMB, something with a little more meat, lower CG, something higher launching to, to fit in with that. Or maybe sometimes it's going with a hybrid that, that flows in there as well. But it's kind of a compromise. If, well, if you want blades in the, in the lower end of your set, we can do that. But we just need to find some compromise on the top end to make sure we're, we're still hitting our, our, our numbers, right? So that's always an interesting one with those guys uh, to try to make them happy from a looks perspective. We all love, you know, that MB look, that sexy profile, but yeah. nicest irons in the game. Yeah, it makes you look like a player. Like yeah, a player. love that in the bag, right? So <laughs> you gotta find compromises a fitter and make people happy with what they want to look at. But say, you know, let's be reasonable in the longer irons and find something that works. When you have 200 yards over water, you're not like, what am I doing here? You know. Just a quick question on uh, yardages and, and stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, finding that gapping, kind of building a club set around you that suits it, whether or not you're hitting your forearm a little shorter than you should, so you should actually upgrade it to get that so your numbers are right. This is kind of a journey I'm about to go through, and I think we might even turn this into a little bit of a thing for all of our listeners and family at large and flight scope. Um yeah, how important is it to like maybe go spend some time in a sim or with a launch monitor and be like, okay, like how far do I actually hit my my nine iron or how far do I actually hit my seven iron? Because I'm thinking, oh, I'll hit my nine iron 150 yards. Actually, it's going 142, right? And what yep. that does for your game. Yep. Yeah, it's being more realistic, I think. And I think that's something that as you work your way down in, in handicap for players, you'll find guys who are a little more realistic as a single digit maybe sometimes and they know okay if you know nine iron goes 140 pin is 139 if i miss hit this how much trouble am i going to be in yeah they're never mm-hmm. they're never maxing out that you know that top end number because you have to know where your misses are if you're going to miss it it's never always the same distance regardless of wind and lie and all that stuff so i think it's something that that you'll find better players are better at judging that but you're right though there's you know you go into a fitting with a guy that says i hit eight iron you know, a buck 60. Yeah. Once well, he hit eight iron right? buck 60 one right? time, or, or you did it 10 years ago before yeah. you, exactly where it might be. But I think sometimes people need to be kind of brought back down to earth that way. But that's why I always love comparing, you know, my seven iron versus their seven iron at the end of the fitting and say, this is what you're getting out of yours. This yeah. is what you're getting out of yours. Sorry, Parksy, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to jump in and say, it's interesting that you, that you go like that because Robert Ratcliffe, friend of the show, he's a, 
teaching professional out of Bear Mountain. He coaches the uh, Canadian national junior team. And I spent a lot of time back with him during our red tail days back in the range, always trying to find numbers and misses. And that really sort of pushed me or evolved my golf game to a, a place where I could be confident about going out to play competitively and then know where my clubs are going. It, it's a big deal to stand on a par three and know, you got to cover water, you're downwind, you know, yep. what's a stock shot going to do? Can I back off something? Can I try and really gas something? It yep. really differentiates that single digit player into that sort of, you know, world of the pluses or right around par all the time. So yeah, I like that approach. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I was going to say to your point there, it's course management. I think I see a lot of cases of this course management, a guy can be, a person can be a 10 and a person can be a four. And sometimes the only difference is course management. Yeah. You might have a guy that wants to rip driver on that 360 yard par four, but does he score better because of it? And again, you can look at the numbers that that player and find out, but a lot of times the guy that hits, you know, four iron off the tee and lays back and has an easy wedge in, he's scoring better if he does that all day. And the only difference is course management. So mm -hmm. very, very good point. Here's the thing, like to go back with what you're saying there, Parks, you're in a, an accomplished skilled player for the majority of golfers. They don't have those numbers. They, Like you said, they hit that 8-iron 161 time, and it's like, how do you convince your customers who watch the PGA Tour week in and week out and see these num these unbelievable numbers, then they think, oh, I bought new irons. I should be able to hit my 7-iron 195 as well. Yeah. How, when you, like... I'm going to go back to the numbers here from what you're doing from a fitting perspective. Like how do you even sometimes convince your customers that like when they hit that seven iron 155, 165, maybe it's like, yeah, that that's where it should go. Yeah. Like I, I find golf nowadays, like kind of, this is just me because like I did take a break from the game and like coming back and watching these guys just hit these numbers that I think are unfathomable the average golfer thinks that they can do that. How do you like kind of change that mind and just like prove to them? Like, look, th these are the numbers. I think you just got to get them on the thing for. I how, think guys got to buy Mizuno, bro. You. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I think yeah, guys like, might actually yeah, debate you on that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> again, we should, yeah, again so we should hang out. Sometime. That sounds great. Pod involved, <laughs> involved in a fitting. That's all yeah. I yeah, I think like we're definitely doing this now. Like we're we're gonna put this out to the people. We're gonna set a time. We're gonna set a place, and you're gonna come down here, and you gotta hit three shots with each one of your clubs, and we're gonna have you guess how far they go, and the closest person will win something sweet from the Parksy closet. Yeah, you know what'd be cool too if we had some sort of a partnership with some sort of a launch monitor company that we could offer a discount out to some of our listeners. What do you guys think about that? Maybe we should look into that. I think oh, I think you should. Enough, that's coming down the pipeline. Hey, there you go. So there we go. This will be fun. But yeah, so like, how do you talk to your customers like that when they are the average PGA Tour viewer, and you know they're all these guys that think, oh yeah, I can smash it three thirty. It's like I think he's preparing you for his fitting right now. That's what he's doing. I know yeah. I can't. I'm extremely short. I know I am. I think C pays actually undervalues his length and that's why i'm thinking we need yeah, to get him he does. on the program because then the sooner we get him on the program the sooner parks he gets to go play the tips 
Because <laughs> I like yes. it. I think I found something you right now what? that I, can take me back there. I, I only like, play I like good at the bear when we play the back I don't like getting my ankles all scratched in the rough. Like my, my left ankle doesn't belong back there. <laughs> <laughs> One foot in all day, boys. One yeah, foot in. No doubt. Um, no, man. It's uh, going back to your question. It's I think it's. I don't want to use the old under promise over deliver, but sometimes it's good to start with their seven iron and see what have we got. Once you're warmed up, what have you got with your seven iron? And let's go from there. And I think sometimes you have to ask the player, are you looking for more distance? Do you want to tighten up your dispersion? And I mean, that combination everyone wants, but you might have a guy that that's, has lots of speed and says, I don't care about hitting it further. I don't need that. Tighten things up for me. And, mm-hmm. and then you have a different type of fitting. And I use different types of head at that point, as opposed to something that has, you know, undercut designs and hollow heads and tungsten weights and all these things are going to help you hit it further and more consistently. Or if you have a guy that's really looking for a look and wants to see that ball in a certain window, well, here's a different head. So that's one of the first things you talk about. But if you have players looking for distance, we make that. We have, you know, hot metal pro, hot metal, things like that, that if you want distance and forgiveness, we have that. Um, if you want a smaller package, you know, maybe it's the, here's the forge. And, and uh, like I said, there's new stuff coming down the pipeline uh, in September. So, so look out for that. But uh, that's the first step with the fitting is what do you want to change? Tell me about what you have and, and what you're looking for. How can we improve and that's okay. the first step. And if cool. you say you want to hit it a mile, we can work on that for sure. If you want to hit, you know, hit eight iron, two thirty like Bryson, get on the protein shakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe uh, hit up that good life that's next to you. So C pays. What's your what's your first thing that you'd like to get out of a new club? My first thing. Let's do the first part of this interview here. Yeah, let's do the interview here. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I want to tighten it up. I the length, like I'd love to be longer, like. That is like, I, I I don't know if that's a club issue. I think that's more of a body issue. That's a swing issue. I, I don't think the club is going to affect that that much more with me right now. Like, I know where my body's at. So, James, can you throw a three-lesson pack in with the fitting? Yeah, is that, like, uh, do you mind, like, chucking, like, training. sweeten the pot a bit for me here, and I'm, I'm listen, coming down. Listen, boys, I don't, uh, I'm not a golf pro. I don't teach. I, uh, <laughs> I, think I, you I just know make a your couple. golf a bit better, so. Yeah. There you go. I like I'll live to professionals. But no, tightening up is definitely like, yeah. Um, personally, so, so I think where, that's where's, what everybody your, where's your miss do. right now? Where do you miss it typically? Left. Left like, but I'm a lefty. Okay. So your miss is left though. And so if you say, I don't mind the short left miss, well, we can work on it. But like, what shafts do you have in your irons right now? Oh, God, the wrong ones. Project X 6.0s. <laughs> I should almost go get these. Where are they? Oh, they're okay. outside. But okay. here's my point though is based on the shaft, based on the weight, that could be part of why you're missing it, missing it short and left. I totally agree. Right. So that could be part of it. Or it could be a lie angle issue, which is a really easy one. If a club's too flat for you and your turf interaction's already good, but if a club's too flat, you're going to hit that push all day long. Mm-hmm. But we can tighten it up with a different lie angle. So there's a combination of things we can start with, but that's part of when you start with a fitting, how can we improve? Well, I missed hey, short and left. I want to improve on that, right? You know what's nice about Mizuno, too, is they sell tennis rackets, don't they? We don't. No? No, no more tennis? No, we do. You know what? Damn, though, I was I gonna say, switch. That, that's wrong of me. They, they do footwear and apparel in the states, not a yep. Um, But footwear and apparel across the board. You know, kind of the racket sports, uh, volleyball, baseball, running. running. We're all over that stuff too. Very I was gonna cool say that's always an option when you're on the range doing a fitting, and you just hand them a racket and tell them to beat it. Right? Maybe you try this for two weeks, and then I'll never see you again. All those country clubs, you can get away with that. They got a tennis court around the corner. So yeah, yeah I think exactly. it was the reverse that happened for Gabby Ruffles, though. 
Yeah, right. She was all tennis. Club and she was off to the races. I think uh, we should give her a little shout out too because she just played in a men's event in Florida and she uh although she didn't make the cut, she was right there. So congrats, Gabby. Good plan. Shout out. So I've got perhaps one of the tougher questions of the evening. Um yeah, I was listening to PGA <laughs> Tour Radio on Sirius and one of the questions came up about just equipment. Keeps coming up, keeps this is it. What's James Sharpie's answer to equipment and the PGA Tour? People bombing, making golf courses irrelevant. What should people do? Is it the ball? Is it the club? Well, I mean, I got to say it's hard to watch um, some classic designs that can't be stretched out just because they don't have enough land. It's hard to see those places not getting action anymore because some of those places like, like Marion and places like that are some of the best places to watch. And we may not see that anymore because it's, the game has outgrown that um, it's hard, but I mean, it is cool also watching what some of those guys can do. And yeah, it's, it's kind of why you watch, right. It's exciting. It's something that I don't see every day. Yeah. I just uh, love to see Bryson smash one of those drives. Like in real life, I got like, right. I, I like, I'm a big, I'm on your side. I, I have said this a million times on this podcast that like, it does suck that these old tracks are not being utilized anymore, but that's, not true i mean we just saw it at the president's cup at royal melbourne you don't need length like i don't care if you hit it 350 380 yards it's the style of the game you look at riviera they firm that place up the greens are hard they shave down like look at what royal melbourne did just shave it down firm it up you can play that like the first hole at royal melbourne like during the president's cup one day a call for driver, next day a call for a three iron because it just wasn't where you wanted to be. If you change the way the golf course is set up, you can play any golf course you want. It's totally fine. But like tour players, if if the greens are soft, it's a it's it is useless. There's there's no point in playing there. Firm yeah. it up for the average player. I mean, I'd like to play firm because I think it'd be fun, but yeah. I know I'll just crumble. I might cry a little that day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I'll like, back you up too because I don't think it's the guys that are hitting at 350 that are winning every week. So yeah. I mean, again, it's you know, they're, it's equal opportunity, I think. But yeah, the guys that hit it a ton do have an advantage. But they're it's not like they're running away with everything. So look at DJ hits it a mile, hasn't done shit in the last few weeks. So I think he's uh, injured. I, I got to be honest, like that actually is one of the best responses I've heard about this subject. Like everyone's like, something's going to change. Like it's got to change. But like, I think that's a legit answer that like, that is the oh, answer. Yeah. Look at the Trick British open up. every single Golf year. Of course, this can be set up tough every single year. You go to the open and it's firm. It yeah. the scores aren't super low there. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I really do enjoy watching a different style of play too. I mean, there was, you know, I'll totally. say four or five years ago and, and he still does it now, but a guy like Jason day that hits it crazy high, they can get it all those touch front pins from, 230 mm -hmm. and it's godly how he can do that and you're like wow that's incredible to watch but yeah you're right if it's not if it's firm that doesn't work anymore and you have to play different kinds of shots and and shape it more and play you know bounces off of, of berms and banks and i think that's more fun to watch as well so I, i'm with you guys i was I'm listening to i think i was talking to parksy about this the other day um Padraig harrington was talking about uh hoy lake 2005 and okay. That place was baked out, completely burnt, super difficult. Tiger didn't hit driver off. I think he hit two drivers or four drivers throughout the entire week. And 
Patty was saying, like, we we couldn't do that game. That game was not available to us because we couldn't hit the four iron, the three iron into these greens every single time. Like, he, Tiger was hitting four irons from 220 to 15, 20 feet every single time. Well, the, the average PGA Tour player isn't doing that. That's how you make it tough. And it... Certain places in America, you definitely can't do that. It's too hot. It's too humid. But maybe it's time to start moving. And we start go, we start dipping into some other venues. I mean, I, I understand that you need space for fans and all this stuff. But like a place like Bandon, you can bake that place out, man. It could be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Cabot Links or Cabot Cliffs could do it. Uh, shout out Boo Weekly. Maybe we have that U.S. Open up in Saskatchewan. Hey, that'll be a fun. <laughs> one. Yes, sir. Uh, it's too funny, but I mean, I mean, right now the way the way things are, the way they're filming things, there's no fans. I mean, why not now? If you can't have fans at the moment, let's get to a place like that. Yeah, get I a know. Cameras, right? It's too bad that it was everything was already set. Right. You know, like this would have been the year. It's too bad we're not ten years ahead of where we are, but in today's time, so we could capitalize this capitalize on this as four jack enterprises and hold I was yeah four jack team, time machine man jackson labs because innovators yeah looking back ahead to the future time, right? back that's to right. the future that's what we're trying to do here speaking of looking ahead and what's innovative can you tell us what's coming down the pipeline from mizuno anything new and exciting i heard there's some uh photos out on the internet yeah yeah we just leaked a photo i believe it was yesterday of uh of jpx 921 um, coming, coming very, very soon. Uh, September 17th is the launch date and, wow. uh, big things coming boys, big things coming. If you haven't seen the image on, on uh, the interwebs yet, it's uh, it's a smoking iron head and there's a story behind it. And I can't wait to tell you guys more about it. Awesome. I think you should tell us all about it. What's the story <laughs> behind it? Oh, no, no. I think, okay. I think some of the lures, the mystery, man, it's, uh, oh, come on, Sharpie. Just kidding. I I'll know. I know. Teasing always. You have to though. Okay. You have to. You're going to probably share something about it when it is launched on the old social media channel. So now's a good time to let the people know where do Ooh. they find you online? Yeah. Well, I mean, as always, Mizuno North America, follow them on all their handles. They have the first things, but I'll be there two seconds after retweeting it and sharing it uh, at Sharpie Markers. Um, the one and only. C-Pays has these up right is, now. Is this what phone. you're going to fit me with? Because like, I'll take... Um, I don't need a four. Yeah. I'll take five through pitch, please. Yeah, there's a, there's a new story coming coming out uh, for those on the other side of the golf ball. And again, count share that one too. It's something different from us, so... Once again, stay tuned. Love teasing, but uh, Tease can't wait to talk more about these it. clubs, man. These are unbelievable. Recap that iron name again. Uh, JPX uh, 921 is what, it's what's coming out next. I like is that it. what uh, Bryson's playing right now? Uh, what Bryson is playing is who knows what he's playing nowadays, man. Um, it's not our stuff, that's for sure. It's... I think he has a couple different brands. Sorry, not Bryson. Brooks talking to Brooks. Oh, Brooks. Sorry, Brooks. sorry. No, Brooks is still playing. It's last I heard, he's still playing uh, JPX nine one nine tour. Uh, nice. I I've been told that that he's had some new stuff built for him already. I don't know when it's moving to the bag. Yeah, I'm on the Mizuno program here pretty soon. That's, I've that's I've always sick. said that Mizuno has like some of the sexiest irons too. Like yeah, going oh, way back. It's, it's always been our bread and butter, you know. But uh, I, I stand yeah. by this. That- Mizuno's a Japanese company, right? 
Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah Japanese well. first. Um, but we work really closely with our guys in the U.S. They do a lot of R&D work. And you'll actually find different products in Japan versus uh, North America. They have some different things over there. And it comes back down to branding. And it comes back down to what what's selling in their market and what's selling here and what's popular. So there's a little bit of overlap, but there's some things that they have there that we don't have oh, here man. and vice versa. So, uh, yeah. So beyond, and I, I this is not a question that I fully expect you to have an answer for because like, or it could be a very simple answer to be honest. <laughs> besides like, it's always a spectrum around. Yeah. Here. Besides like <laughs> the budget of it. I mean, you look at these irons, any player would look at those irons and go, yeah, that's what I want. Why are more tour players not playing these irons? Like besides, I get it. Like TaylorMade and Callaway have, and Taylor's have these big budgets. I get that. But like, surely a player's got to sit down and look at this iron and go, that that's exactly what I want. I mean, look at Tiger. Tiger's been playing Miras since day one. He's never played a Nike iron. He's never played a TaylorMade iron. Why aren't players going like, give me that Mizuno iron and stamp whatever the hell you want on it? Well, if we're talking, if we're talking, you know, T Dubs, I think we can go back to he won his first Masters with a combo set of MP19 and MP29. So mm-hmm. he had it in the bag back then, and uh, there were some leaked photos, I think, of in his bag at, at the match earlier this year. He had, I think, it was the four iron, maybe, uh, from had that old MP19 set in his bag. And I think there was some kind of shot he was going to hit, and I, you know, not sure what came of that, but I saw pictures of Mizuno iron in his it's monster energy golf bag. Wow. And uh, it was cool. It was cool. So yeah, I mean, it started there, but uh, a lot of the guys on tour, like I said, they're looking for a shape. They're looking for things in a window. And at the end of the day, and I mean, it's the only professional sport where guys don't have a guaranteed paycheck. Right. So if they can have, you know, a sponsorship that carries them through week to week and makes their life a little bit easier then I mean, I understand why they do it. But there's some guys that say, this is what I'm looking for. And I think I can make more money taking a chance and playing this, not taking the guaranteed paycheck than playing another brand and just, you know, yeah. signing a contract and making do with something I don't want. Endorsements. So, yeah. I'm going to charge yeah. them a boatload for my bag. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think last week we get, we get really cool updates every week from, uh, from Jeff Cook, our guy on the tour van. Which is, by the way, the, as a as a club nerd, it's the coolest thing getting insider info from what's being built week to week yeah. and what's in the bag, and it's so cool. Jeff is a you know, shout out, Jeff, cool guy for shout sure. Out, but uh, it's always cool seeing the list of guys that have stuff in the bag or guys that had sets built that you're like, I thought that guy was with that brand, but he's always testing something to see what else is new, what else is coming down the pipeline, um, and you know if things change, you know who knows. Um, if I can take two seconds to tell a really cool story about uh, the JPX. Jeez tours i think this let me is just give you one of these one real cool quick stories. cool stories always got to get one of those oh yeah is that one of the, the more you know can we get a, <laughs> something a like that across the screen <laughs> welcome to it Sharpie's will be after corner. this i love it yeah yeah give it the star wipe there you go yeah um, so really cool story uh chris Bochal is one of our guys that worked you know really hard in our r&d department and now he's kind of working more with the brand on top of r&d um, but he's told the coolest story. So JPX for us was always kind of a game improvement brand. So the same way that we've had, you know, JPX, it was like the 825 Pro or the 850 Forged. We had, that, you know, in the hot metal and, and things like that. We had that product before, but they wanted to add something else to that line that could appeal to someone that wanted the player's iron, but wanted added forgiveness for a little bit extra distance, but something in the middle of MP and, and JPX. 
And so they thought that, that Brooks Kepka was the perfect guy to go after. Cause I think at that point he had maybe a year left on his titleist contract. So um, Chris and his team started working on a new iron design that was kind of the player's cavity backs. I think, I think at that time Brooks was playing, you know, whatever seven twelve CB or whatever the series was with Titleist at the time, but he was playing a kind of player's cavity back style. And they wanted to build something that was a, a similar head profile, but just had better performance and, and more forgiveness for him. And so they came up with this cool design, they built it and they were about to give him the first set to go to get out with because his contract was almost up and he got picked up by Nike, I think like a couple of weeks before they could do that. So that iron design sat on the, the back burner for a couple of weeks, I think, or a couple of weeks, a couple of years. And uh, when Nike folded with their hard goods and they stopped making golf equipment, um, that was the perfect time to say, we've had something we designed specifically for you. What do you think? And I th- the feedback, I think that what I, we were told, it was a guy like Brooks doesn't really care about, um, you know, that cool story we built especially for you. Because I feel like all of us would say, wow, like built for me specifically, that's incredible. That'd be so cool, right? I'm touched. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he's like, yeah, sure, whatever. I'll test it. Sure. And I think he showed up to an event two weeks later and they were in the bag. Didn't tell anyone, just showed up with them in the bag. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> which is i mean for a brand like us and, and I, I mean since i've been on with the company for almost four years i've seen huge growth in a lot of different ways i mean sales but also with uh you know brand recognition and just the feedback from customers we're on the right track but it's so cool to have a guy like that decide to play that when money is not an object he doesn't care yeah Majors. so very cool validation for us and, and shout out to the r&d team chris Fochel and the guys that uh that are building stuff like that every day that, that are making my job very very easy so no I think he's got the three M's wrapped up that Brooks Kepka, Mizuno, Michelob, and yeah. Money. <laughs> Great reference. Boatload. Wow. I'm going to start asking people when they're like, how much is that going to cost? I'm going to start saying a boatload. It's going to cost <laughs> you a boatload. <laughs> boat back, back up the Brinks truck, boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I got to ask that. Like, is, is the tour van or the, like, the tour truck guy, like, is that not like, or, like low key, like the best job ever? I gotta say, whenever we go, I mean, missed out this year, we did virtual sales meetings this year, but typically I go down to Atlanta for a week and uh, hang out with the entire US team and the Canadian team. And it's like, after the sales meetings are done for the, the day, we sit down with a beer and it's kind of like going to camp. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff sits down with a beer and the big uh, the big lazy boy and we all you know sit cross-legged in front of him and he tells us stories <laughs> from, uh, from the tour. Guitar. Yeah, dude, it's it's the coolest. He's uh, he's an awesome guy, and uh, it's him and, and Kyle Hans, our guy in the truck that does all the building. So Jeff does all, does all the stuff working with the players on the range, and brings it back to Kyle to do all the building. And they're a very cool team, very cool guys. What's Kyle's last name? Uh, Hammond. Hammond. Yeah. I think we're gonna need when the border opens up here, and we can actually get out and go watch golf again. I think we're gonna yeah. need to set something up so we can go do a little tour through this uh, through the tour van and see what's going on in there, what's cooking. Yeah, dude, happy to help get you guys on there. That'd be super cool. It is, oh. We saw a video last week from the tour van because I think they were back on there. there. He was talking about protocols and what's going on. And, and you, right now they can't go see a player on the range. They have to have some liaison of some kind to come bring it out to the range for them. So there's no interaction with the player right valet. now. Valet. Yeah, valet. The, yeah. 
exactly. Who, who are the tinkers that you know of, like on tour, that are just constantly in that van? Like, hey, Jeff, I need this. I need this. I need this. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's funny. There's there's a couple of guys that kind of poke around all the time. Um, Keith Mitchell's a guy for us that's been been a huge acquisition. It's stuck into the brand, and he's playing. I think he's playing 13 clubs of ours right now. I think everything putter. I think it's what he's playing in the bag. Um, but he, he won the Honda last year, a huge win. It was the first win for a Mizuno driver on tour since VJ Singh, uh, back in wow. 2000. So wow. we've been out of the game for, and it's not say out of the game for a while, but, uh, it was cool to have some validation on tour and to win under pressure with some of our, our woods in the bag too. Um, so he's been huge, but he loves tinkering, loves getting on, getting on the truck. Um, and he's always testing new stuff. I, and there was some, there was some word that he was testing maybe testing some of those copper irons and trying to get them in the bag at some point um there's always been talk of that but uh yeah those that's a guy that hangs around the van just to hang out mm-hmm. it's checking lies and lofts you know awesome a couple times a week but he's always hanging around looking looking for new stuff so i love guys like that i could get into trouble around the van for sure oh for I'd be sure like hey let me just <laughs> give me that chap hazardous please i mean, like let's just change the bounce on these wedges yeah. right now like let's open this shit up yeah for sure yeah, no, it's, it's funny you said you talk about bounces yeah they, they talk about week to week okay guy comes in now they're playing really firm conditions okay i need something with a little bit less bounce what can you grind for me? And it's cool that it, they can do it on, on site. It's easy. So Sick. pretty cool hearing stories, seeing pictures of that stuff. But again, the coolest part is seeing, you know, at the bottom of that email, it's okay. This is what everyone has in the bag and the very bottom of the email. It's, you know, here's a guy that's, you know, playing this brand. We just built him that irons testing it this week. And, yeah, that's really cool. He, cool. he might, he might be playing them when, you know, when we come off the off season. He might be playing them. We don't know yet. So. He might win with them. Right? Who knows? And that's the whole Brooks story was kind of that surprise. If we gave him something, we didn't expect much. But, you know, four majors later, here we are. So it does really seem like there's a resurgence in Mizuno, though. Like for the longest time, all it was was Luke Donald. That was the only guy I really even knew. And then VJ would obviously tinker with some things. But really, the only big guy that I thought of as a avid PGA Tour viewer was Luke Donald. Now it's like, there's so many guys playing, and like even you go into golf shops, it's right up front. It's not at the back of the aisle anymore. Like it's literally right there, and yeah. the shit is banging. Isn't Jonathan Jonathan Burden a Zuno guy too? He was, yeah, he was for a bit. Yeah, there. yeah. yeah. Two, that's the two guys I would say would resonate with me and Mizuno, just because the yeah. bag is so obviously apparent, right? Can I tell you who resonates with me and Mizuno? And this is a little more of a soft-hearted one for me and CPA's Rob Toshak. Oh, yeah. Toshak was big on Mizuno for a long time. So he switched to TaylorMade, and then he'd never look back. Yeah, but he was saucy yeah, fun, with those Yeah, fun story about uh, Rob and, uh, and, and Mizuno. He's carrying the brand again. Is he? Carrying, no wow. I got, I got him a fitting cart uh, about a month ago. At the range? Yeah, dude. Makes He's sense. got it all. Resurgence. I lived like two minutes from that range. I'm going to go down and hit some balls tomorrow. Go do that and tell him because I told him to mess around with the shaft optimizer and get comfortable. Go uh, go grind with him and say, "Hey man, give me a quick Sick. fit. I want to help learn how to use this thing." Awesome. Yeah, well, I knew I had to say something. What a right? great thing! Can you play the harp right now, please? Play yes. the harp. <laughs> it's beautiful. Ah. Oh, that's that's the harp, not the the more you know. Sorry, no, we'll get that just, though too. Just the harp. <laughs> same same but different. Yeah, it can, it's fluid. It'll do what it needs to do when it does. Right. Boys, I think it's time for a little rapid fire 10 with our man, James. Right. How are we feeling, James? You ready for some 10 questions? Can't wait. 
right. Do we have a casino noise? Um, we're gonna do our best here, but I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> this is Chris Paisley, and you're listening to the Four Jack Podcast. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, James. Ever had a hole in one, and we know you have. So tell us that moment. Yeah, about man, that story. Uh, to have the, I mean, I've had a lot of close calls, but to have the first one out with uh, with the Go Track Boys and the Four Jack Boys around. I mean, that's I don't know how you can draw it up any better. It's uh, what well, Cinderella. It would have been the best if we actually caught it. We missed you by a hole. God, that I heard really the, pissed I, me I heard off. the drone was out, but you know what? Though I don't know if I could work under that kind of pressure. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the, the drone sounds like a. a, a ton of mosquitoes and i'm used to those now so probably would have been fine i don't know or the murder hornet what club did you what club did you hit what hole was it on give the listeners a little like walkthrough take us through the journey yeah i think they've i think they've swapped the nines now i think so is that 17 no no no. 17 the par three with water water left if you were to do a flip-flop on the nines which you guys did go off on 10 first which okay so it was it was eight then so it is the eighth hole as we know it now um yeah eighth hole i i feel like they probably had the blues up where the whites typically play because it was 108 yards so i got some flack from some people saying that's pitch and putt that's not that's not a real hole in one i got some i got some haters saying that and i honestly i'm guessing they probably haven't been ace before so yep. you played a par five right after like that is golf if like, like you can't help that it just was like a nice tasty little accessible par three that you capitalized on like Dude, one of, the, one of the best par threes in the world is 97 yards. Yeah. So don't even give that to me. Here's the thing, though. It, it, it doesn't count when it doesn't go in. So it went in, it counts from my it perspective. Does. That's what it, unless you hit three wood from like 87 yards and rail it off the shaft of the pin. Call it good. Hey, yeah, one different one, story. baby. <laughs> what kind of ball are you playing, James? Oh, yeah. Mizuno RB Tour. Yeah. So between, so we have the RB Tour and the RB Tour X. One of the coolest things about the ball is there's a, a very clear differentiation between each one where I feel like sometimes you'll have the standard ball and the X ball with other vendors that there isn't a huge jump between the two of them. For us, RB Tour is more penetrating, a little bit lower spin. They're both great balls in the wind, um, but the X launches considerably higher and, and spins considerably more. I have some guys that I can put into that X ball because they need to carry, they need more carry out of the long irons and it changes everything for them. So Shameless plug, by the way, but uh, RB Tour for that simple question you asked mm. me. <laughs> Fantastic, and we're all about penetration here at the Forge Act. Yeah, you know, and also like shameless question. Uh, I'm gonna need a, like a couple dozen of those. Like I lost a lot <laughs> of gotcha. them out. So. Gotcha. Out. Next question: okay, so. Favorite golf course in Edmonton? Ooh, uh, yeah, I'm talking from a layout perspective or from a nostalgia perspective. Take us down whatever path you want to take us down. Okay, well. One of the favorite layouts right now, and, and I'll always make the drive out there, Coal Creek. Uh, it's been in great nice. shape every time I go. And, and maybe I'm just biased because I've played it every time when there's not gale force winds out there. Mm-hmm. The layout's good. The condition's always good. I mean, the price is good. The whole the whole thing is it's fantastic. It's minty. Yeah. Yeah, it's minty. It's great. So that's, that's an awesome one. I mean, from a nostalgia standpoint, like I said, I, I grew up playing Riverside, hanging out with Parksy, and uh, – you know, that was every time I go back there, it's I think it's 6,200 yards from the quote unquote back tees, but it's kicked my ass a number of times. And, <laughs> Same so you, it, brother. and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's a great test. It's, it's keep it, keep it in the fairway. And I think my, my ball striking got better playing that every day because you, you just can't miss. It, 
it made me get better in a lot of different aspects that I can really appreciate. So, yeah, if they could blow up the greens and make the greens a little better every year, and they always struggle with the greens, but man, it's a fun track to play for sure. And it does test, it can test your whole bag, right? So, definitely uh, agree with you on that one. I'll tell you what, I like number eight right now. I'm not going to say why, but I do. <laughs> there's, there's a secret that's, reason for that. That's your go to. <laughs> Just down the road it. from where I live, right? There you go, down the street, uh, new, top, new top home. The hill. Yeah, meet you on the eighth green at eight. <laughs> yeah, it's the secret <laughs> of the pro podcasting group. Anyone's welcome. <laughs> I love it. James, what golf course is, is your favorite on the planet? Where have you been fortunate enough to play that's pretty exciting or pretty exclusive? Yeah, I've, uh, well, I mean, not in town here, but obviously I played Torrey Pines a couple times. Nice. Uh, that's a very wow. cool experience. I mean, that's, that's one of those ones you watch on TV and you've seen Tiger hit those shots and, I think one of the best stories I've got, and again, this might date me or not date me, but uh, the 2008 U.S. Open when Tiger was when Tiger won, mm-hmm. uh, in that Monday playoff, I ended up my 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 folks were like, I asked them if I could stay home, and they're like, Yeah, skip school, mm-hmm. hang out, watch this. And so I ended up staying home from school that day, and my teachers <laughs> actually found out. I stayed home to watch that and uh, I got a little bit of flack, but I got a lot of respect too. Nice. Yeah. And looking back, I'm so stoked I got to watch that entire round of golf. And, that was and a good Shepard one, man. Rocco, Rocco was a beauty. That was fun yeah. to watch. That was yeah, legendary. Beauty. Like I took the day off work for sure. I was like, no way. Like this is history right here. I almost laid a massive uppercut on a member at Belve on the Sunday when he made that <laughs> putt because I threw out my own giant wow. fist pump and I almost nailed this like 70 year old lady. Just love it. Beating, <laughs> beating the seniors down. James, what's your what's your favorite snack at the turn? What's your go to? That's a good, that's a good question. Actually, that's a really good one. Um, after, if you guys can remind me, I did listen to the to the Jim McCulley code. <laughs> what did Jim say? Because I want to know. Thirty four Bud Lights. <laughs> At the turn, I don't, I don't know. If probably Scooby said snacks. That right. I want. I was hoping for more of like a like a hot dog from a certain golf course. He's a connoisseur of that stuff, and I love him for it. So, yeah, that would for sure be in the rapid fire at the minimum. If not, like I'm gonna go take a listen back on all of our listeners. He's a burger guy. You think that's he's a was? he's a big burger guy. You think he's a a ham and baba ganoush kind of guy? <laughs> he is certainly not a roast beef marble chat marble cheese and baba Ooh, ganoush sandwich so kind of guy. Reason I say that is because that's what C Pays made us on our road trip out to Bear Mountain. But back to our guests. Yep. I love it. Story. I might lose some uh, lose some friends here. I might lose some followers. But uh, tuna sandwich at the turn, big nice. thing. Oh, and typically, sounds is good. Typically doesn't make it to the tenth green, so you don't have to worry about it spoiling in thirty degree heat like we have right now. Mm-hmm. I love it. Uh, so yeah, tuna. Definitely. Tuna is what you don't have to justify going tuna with me, my friend. Like it's a good. We had a protein. salmon salad throw yesterday, so I feel you. I love that. Okay, yeah, I got, I've got a lot of hate. I love that there's some other people throwing out fish. That's, uh, that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> what is your dream foursome? Oh, that's another good question too. Um, well, I mean, if if Arnie's not a part of that, I don't know. I don't know if it's a right answer. So Arnie's got to be in there. Uh, I mean, Tiger seems like a beauty and, uh, let's throw in Fred couples. I think, I think that guy would be, bring the best would be Tiger. the off the board answer, but he seems like a, just a chill guy. That's, I love that. He would like set that. the tone with Tiger to the, well, Arnie too, obviously, but like kind of for, a cop out with those ones, but yeah, yeah. rounded out with Freddie. I feel like that guy would be great to have beers with 
before, during, and definitely after the round. I think that's a guy that I want to spend some time with. So. Quick question before before Parks keep going. If Freddie showed up for your round, do you think he would come with socks or without? Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> Spikes, spikeless, or bare feet? It, it's probably barefoot. I mean, I'm guessing How wherever he's playing, piece? the conditions are probably pretty good. So I feel like he could probably go barefoot. Nice. So, How about yourself? I'm a spikeless guy. I love, yeah. I love the lifestyle stuff. Love yeah. the lifestyle stuff nowadays. So awesome. Barefoot, have you ever hit a bunker shot with bare feet? It's kind of like you start aiming for the bunkers just for a little chance to dip your toes <laughs> in. A little beachy. Hey, quite a question for you then, Tom. Would you, uh, with 30 degree heat, would you walk into a bunker right now? Oof. Are the, did they water them? Right, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, I wouldn't. Okay, and they, are, right. and they, and they haven't raked them in months, man. That's uh... yeah, touche, touche. Yeah. <laughs> All right, two more. This isn't quite ten. We're we're getting to like fifteen here. But what is uh, one of the golf courses on the planet that you have to get out and play before you before you go to the next world? Uh, I've been told this, and I, I'm wholeheartedly into it. I haven't been to Bandon yet, but it's Bandon. And then after you get the Bandon fill. Well, it could be Bandon or it could be Cabot. And then after those ones, you have to go overseas. Scotland. Um, shout out the guys from uh, uh, No Laying Up. Their tourist sauce stuff. I, I've watched a lot of I that. Love it. And uh, they make me want to get over there ASAP. So. Absolutely. All right. Last but not least, we're talking temper tantrums. Are you a tosser? Do you stab the putter in the ground? Do you wander off with your tail between your legs? Or you just shake it off and carry on like a professional? I'm, I'm usually pretty good with shaking it off. There's the odd uh, wedge, the two-handed wedge toss. It's not an angry throw at the bag, but uh, there's been some of those. I uh, A good story. Really, I mean, this is probably rapid fire, so I'm probably getting, like, droning on. It's all right. We're good. You're Keep open going. for how much time <laughs> yeah. as you need. Yeah, you guys can edit this down, right? Like, that's it's fine. Right? I've settled in here. This is, I think, yeah, let's the future let it flow, of the 4Jack podcast is what. I just got a blanket. You. It's warm. I'm good. I love it. <laughs> it's warm. Um, so grew up playing my golf in Victoria and there was a round of golf I had, it was a thunderstorm warning the whole time. And I'm pretty sure, um, I think I was like at the time, maybe four, maybe four over through like 15. And I, it was a career round by a mile at the time. And then thunderstorms happened and they tried to call us off the golf course. And I got to, I think seven, I think I got through 17 in Victoria. I was on 18, the par five and I had a wedge in my hand and I think I needed to make par i think i'd make par to to have a new uh, core or my personal best or whatever you want to call it and i i ended up chunking the wedge i buried it in the ground and uh my dad was waiting behind the green to pick me up he saw me oh. doing he's not impressed by it and that was the last time i threw a tantrum on the golf course so mm. nice yeah that's good that's noble yeah i appreciate how it went down to you were chasing personal bests and just like Come on, James, you're better than that. Get that fire out. Yeah, the tiger fire. That's uh, legit. It's yeah, legit. exactly. So you kind of touched on it with us about your your wow factor story, but we always like to ask our guests something that's been amazing. Some way golf has sort of touched their lives. Maybe it's a celebrity encounter or some kind of run-in with a professional or somebody you look up to. Give us the wow factor story. Wow factor. Okay. Um, I mean, I've met a really cool people. I've met a lot of really cool people in the industry and they've taken me a lot of really cool places. Um, and I don't know if this is really a wow factor story, but I know I worked my first golf course job. I was in the golf, uh, the professional golf management program at McEwen 
for my first two years there. And part of that was you had to work summers in the industry. So I ended up working my first summer in, in the program at uh, the Jasper Park Lodge, nice. which was a very cool place to spend a summer. Met some very cool people. Was Talon HP? That was Sweet. his first year. Yeah, was his first oh, yeah. Nice. Year. So that, was, that was good timing. And I mean, the, the golf course, I think a lot of greens died that year. And I was laying spot. I know what was going on when I got there. But uh, I, I learned a lot. I met a lot of really cool people. And it, it's, uh, I've, all those people now work all over, you know, we're all over the country. And I have connections everywhere because of it. And I'm super lucky because of it. Um, but the, the story that came out of that was my, my, my personal low was playing with Talon. Nice. Um, so I think we had like a staff match play or something. And he asked me in the first tee, like, hey, like, do you want to play our, our match today? I said, ah, I'm not really feeling it. I worked the, the open shift. Not really feeling it right now. Can we save it for next week? He said, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. So made uh, made birdie on one, birdie on two, grinded some pars out on three and four, made eagle on five, pars six, birdie seven. Oh. I, think was, I, was, I was 30 on the front. And I think, oh, I think, but again, since then, like haven't skipped it, whatever. Right. But that, that day, um, I think we, it was a hot day. I mean, the ball is going a mile and, uh, I think, I think at some point there we, we opened up, I think it was El Himidor's. It's like a tequila mixed oh, drink. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. Super tasty on a hot day. So we had a couple of those going and uh you know just kind of gotten a gotten a groove there for a bit and i think i made birdie on 10 11 12 13. wow oh. yeah what did you shoot 47 on 18 or what I was, I was i was 62 i parted in after that and shot 62. wow wow and talent's probably just free. thanking his lucky stars you know and, and he's the coolest part of the whole story so i think we got to 14t which for those of you who have been lucky enough to, to go play jpl it's the the one over Lac Boy Bear, it's it's that little dog leg left over the water. And he said in the tee box, like, I think it was like a Friday. And he's like, hey, listen, this is super cool. If, if, and then at the moment, I was kind of scared by it. But he's like, if you come in at this number, if you come in at, you know, 62 or 63, whatever it is, he says, we're going to go out tonight. I'm going to put my credit card down. And, and we're just going to have a celebration. We're just going to have a good time. So nice. Um, I got, kind of had the speed wobbles coming in, and I had some looks at Birdie that I was just trying to like cozy up to the hole because I was like, yeah. don't mess yeah. up. Yeah, protect it. Protect yeah, exactly. it at all costs. I think, I think we've all been there, though, right? Like, I'm yep. sure you guys have the two where it's like you're having a great round, and you're like, just don't screw it up. And it's so hard to not get in your own way. Oh, and then the math happens. Yeah. Yeah. What can I do here? Oh, out of bounds. Yeah. And, and, and again, <laughs> Talon may have got that in my head a little bit. I was, I was looking at numbers a little bit too much and thinking a little too much, but super cool experience. I, I think he ended up texting some people and I think there was like 10 or 15 people, staff members behind the 18th green watching me come in. <laughs> wow. Sick. Nice. And I just like limped a five footer in for par on the last to go bogey free. And oh, uh, wow. it was it's awesome. Huge. It was huge. It was awesome. And ever since then, he said nothing but, but great things about, about me and uh, about that round of golf, but he's been awesome too. So shout out talent. That was that guy for sure. Yeah, That's he's a beauty. Shout out. Yeah. that kid. Haven't seen him forever. No Real doubt. good guy. Another cool good guy story. in the industry for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, boys. Love it. Well, that's a good wow factor story boys i like a little 62 out there that's a nice one and i want to point out guys i have not been close since he told me best part of that story told me on the 18th green <laughs> i have not I was, been I was, close i was 19 years old and he told me you will never go that low ever again <laughs> <laughs> it's over i said like fuck oh. you dude 
Hey, he, he's not wrong though. Yeah, he definitely isn't wrong. That's a career. Like that's insane. I had a pretty good career, Dave. We won't get into it. To like, I understand some of the the feelings coming down the stretch. Protected at all costs. Hit one through a tree. Luckily, it deflected back into the fairway to give me my redemption <laughs> card. The, the, the golf gods were smiling. Yeah. Down on and you. then I made two more birdies coming through home, which was like holy, like whoa, whoa! I don't I, even know what no to doubt. do. This where was is, where was that? Uh, Las Colinas in Queen Creek, Arizona. Very the stars aligned. Man, there. I used to play with guys that would like put it in my head. Hey, Parksy, you know you're three under. Hey, you know you're four under, right? You know you're four under right now, right? And then it's just like game over. See ya. I feel done. like you still do play with buddies. Just, just, on. Cookies just, in cookies in the oven. Yeah, once once you've been there though, it becomes normal, right? It gets easier. So the only way to stop Parks, like if you really want to slow him down, just be like, hey Parks, you got a six footer. It, it's a pretty easy roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Parks I need to get on a fitting machine. I need to get a little Mizuno fitting going on with my putter. Maybe you can get a Mizuno helmet for me. That blocks out all the bad. Yeah, like yeah, Magneto. Uh, yeah, yeah. Foil. Yeah. Yeah. Jofa. Something's got to fix me. That's hilarious. It. Well, honestly, James, this was so much fun tonight. Like, we yeah. appreciate you, you know, get, lending us some of your time on a, honestly, like a beautiful Tuesday evening. 30 yeah, degrees out. But. Like a cor- personal best setting evening. Air is hot. The ball would fly. I was tempted to go play golf tonight, but I was like, nope. It's sharp yeah, time. It. It's I hear the forecast is going to do this for a few days, so uh, there's still time. There for- yeah. Thank you again for inviting me. I've been waiting a long time for it, and I appreciate what you guys are doing for the community. It's uh, both in Edmonton and, and beyond that. I, it's uh, it's truly awesome to follow your guys' stuff. Well, thank you so much. I awesome, appreciate man. that, my friend. We're happy. We're happy to send people your way too. I mean, this is a collective, right? I mean, the the whole idea behind this is not to be selfish; it's to be selfless. So we're all about growing the game, and we appreciate the things you do for golf too. It's it's awesome to have somebody on the show that's such a golf nut like we are. So that's really cool, man. Thanks yeah. so much for your time tonight. Appreciate you. Any any time, guys. Take care. Absolutely, and. While CPays is getting our music set up, I just want to let us all know we are going to film this piece of content, right? We're going to get the shaft. We're going to get the flight scope. I don't know the location. Maybe the diff. Maybe the bear. We'll see who's willing to have us out. But we'll- Long shots range just down the road here. <laughs> we got everything there. Are you down, James? Are you down or what? Let's, let's, do do let's, get, uh, let's get when uh, when I have all the JPX, new JPX uh, heads in. Let's uh, let's get into it, man. It sounds good. Okay. We'll call nice. up Toshak and we'll go over there. I like it. That sounds good. And as always, bring your 7-iron. I always need your 7-iron to compare against so I can wipe it I out. can do that. There what if go. I'm more of like an 8-iron guy? Yeah, that's how we fit golf clubs, man. So you weirdo? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, just checking. Just, yeah. I, I don't know. Someone else might have the same question. Hey. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> might be an even numbers kind of guy. It, be- it yeah. begins. It begins. <laughs> yeah. Good asking luck, boys. Good luck. Yeah. Thanks again, Sharpie. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you sometime soon when my fitting comes up. Looking forward to it, boys. Take care. All Thanks right. Again. Talk Peace. to you. Hello, 4Jack Podcast fam. It's your boy, Active Nation, and thank you for listening to the 4Jack Podcast. It would mean the absolute world to us if you could go hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. You know what? Because that would really make our day. Thank you, and let's keep on golfing, baby. I kind of like that last one. Okay. Then we're good. Got it.